You listen to 247 Real Talk. Once again, this is your host, Julian Perry. And for this episode, I'll be chatting with an amazing personality. She's a model, comedian, and actress. She's acted in such films as Bad Moms, Isn't It Romantic, Dirty Grandpa, Fury, The Elevator, and many more. I'll be right back with Eugenia Kuzmina. So good evening, Eugenia. Welcome to 247 Real Talk. Thank you for joining me this evening as my guest. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on on the air with you guys and and have a real talk. Yes, it's so wonderful to have you. It's about a little after 11 p.m. on the East Coast in New York. As I understand it, you're on the West Coast, huh? I am on the West Coast. I'm actually in Las Vegas. And it's uh, it just got opened for live shows, so I'm here to do two stand-up shows. Uh, currently sitting in the car, about to walk in on stage. That is amazing. So for all you folks out there, this is an exciting moment. We have Eugenia. She's in Las Vegas. She's agreed to do 247 Real Talk podcast. She's sitting in her car right before she appears on stage in her role as a comedian. So this is really fantastic. Um why don't we Thank get it going you. by, you know, you tell, introduce yourself to my audience. Tell them something about yourself. Um, well, you know, I, I'm actually such a shy person in that sense. Like talking about self is kind of hard, but, you know, and also I don't like cliches. I kind of, I, I would say I'm an artist, you know, and also I'm a mom of three. Um, two of my own kids and one is stepson and they're obviously the best creation of, of my life. And my husband, but I do stand-up comedy. I do acting. I started as a model, uh, literally when I was born, and you know have a lot of different creative opportunities. And would say I consider myself very lucky to come from Siberia and food lines, and to finish in Los Angeles, in you know Hollywood, and and completely different worlds. So you were discovered in Russia, and you started your career as a model, right? Yeah, you know, so basically, it's so funny. I sometimes mention it in my stand-up. Uh, they literally took me from the hospital to a photo shoot without even my mom's consent, uh, because the way babies and moms were in Russia, when, when you're born, you're separated from your mom for a week in the hospital just because mom can heal. It was a very different, you know, different structure, I would say, like you're not bonding for a week with a child. And the Soviet newspaper came in the hospital and they needed a baby to be photographed to show that babies are healthy in Russia. And they took me. And my mom was like, where's my baby? What happened? And they're like, well, she's on the photo shoot. So that's how I started mom. <laughs> um, and then consciously, you know, when, when things were changing in like end 90s, early 2000s, I remember uh, Giselle Bunchen, this famous model, she came to shooting in our school. And there was no literally show business at the time. But then a lot of companies like, you know, Coca-Cola, like M&M's, they started coming to Russia and they needed models to represent their brands who are local. And that's how, you know, I got pulled from the streets to kind of get back to it. Great, great. So you came to the United States and I'll, I'll look at uh, some of the information I have on you here. Um, you've modeled, modeled designers like uh, Yves Saint Laurent and uh, mm -hmm. Alexander McQueen. 
Uh, were you with the Ford Modeling Agency too? Yeah, I was. You know, first I was with Natalie Agency, which is um, kind of like a sister agency from Elite. Uh, the lady who runs Women Models now, she's like one of the best agents who is amazing scout and finds all this interesting challenge from around the world. So I started with that. And then I went to Ford Models with Katie Ford and I finished the IMG and then I transitioned to LA Models since I'm based in LA now. But yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I think my agents, I've been really lucky because they literally represent and make stars in the fashion industry. So somehow I got really, really lucky in that department. Okay. And then, um, so before, so we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about your modeling. I want to, you know, I want to focus equal time on each one of these things. So for, you know, I've, I've heard stories about the modeling agencies. Some of them are great. And some of them people say, you know, it's really difficult. It can be a tough life. Um, Mm -hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience and any advice you would give to someone who is not only thinking about it, but someone who is maybe facing or trying to cope with some of the toughness that the industry, uh, includes. Sure. Well, you know, the industry changes so fast. So the industry that is happening now is very, very different from the time that I started. Um, and now it's all about Instagram models. You can't only be a model. You know, when I started, it was all about like your features and there's no Photoshop, there's no Instagram or social media. And it, it was completely different business. We were making hundreds of thousands in cash in jobs. It was, it was pretty wild rock and roll times. Um, so I, I think given advice now, it would be completely different. I think what brands are looking for is, you know, something authentic and like your story. And also the beauty standards are changing so fast you know so they're not looking for like a barbie doll anymore they're looking for something interesting a story behind the face um you know what can you bring to to the brand so you have to do so many things i know my agency img they sign a lot of singers and tiktok stars so it definitely requires more skills to be a model now and i think it's really important for anybody starting in this business no matter what age you are because i started really young at 13 you know and i didn't have a good education about money just to realize that it's a business first and like your contracts you know it's important to negotiate to take self care that's one of the most important things and say no at a time um and also you know to stay really grounded because you know it's a very superficial business it's show business there's a lot of drama happening, but if you don't have your feet on the ground, it will be, you know, very hard for you to kind of see the reality and illusion and for, for what it is. So I think surround yourself with real friends, not specifically from this business, but just like your family or, you know, close friends who know you before you started doing this and also make sure that you educate yourself in like money management and, you know, how to self-care. Okay, that's that is great advice. So two things come to mind um based on what you were saying. One is um I can see the angle from Instagram and though I, there's a few people that I follow on Instagram who uh they started doing comedy skits and um a couple of young ladies now are modeling for different brands. You know, uh-huh. um they they found they you know, I guess the brand found them through their uh, exposure Instagram. with their skits. So I think that, you know, sure. I guess there are different ways to break into the business now. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think that's the way it is. Um, I, I think you have to kind of 
have a scene, you have to have a story to tell, something very authentic, why people come to you. But definitely a lot of brands, they skip the agencies these days. You know, I think it's really hard for the agencies. I mean, I love having an agency because they protect my time and, you know, my value. But you definitely can start without one. Like you don't need any person in the middle and you can reach out yourself to brands and say like, this is my story and I can sell this and we can have a partnership. So it's definitely more of a creator world rather than just like a simple image, which is silent and people project onto you. Right, right. And um, the other thing that came to mind too is I've heard some horror stories too. So maybe you can shed some light on that. I've heard people talk about how, you know, in, in the, in that industry of modeling and the kind of, um, at times fast paced, um, high life, it can be there are a lot of external pressures and, um, For that sure. you face that you have challenges of, you know, of, of, of unwanted advances and drugs and all these things. how did you cope with all that? You know, for sure, there's that part of the business. Um, and when I moved at 13 to Paris, there wasn't a lot of education. I think now they have Model Alliance. So whoever listens, you guys should research it because it's like a protection agency for any model who has kind of a strange or, you know, unwanted experience in the industry. But when I started, basically, you know, the glam- there's a glamorous side where you model all these gowns and, you know, there's all the paparazzi and things like that. But actually, when you start out, you live with like 10 other girls on bunk beds in different apartments and you maybe don't speak the language. And, you know, there's no specific education for how to deal with that. There's a lot of like insecurities and teenagers. You don't know who you are. So you can, you know, like for me, from my experience, I had anorexia when I started modeling because I lost my dad at 15 and for me, the most motivation was like to make the most money. It wasn't about glamour at all. It was like, okay, this is my ticket out. I, you know, this is a job. It's a profession. It wasn't obviously about drugs because I was finishing school on the side after. But also uh, there was a lot of pressure, you know, to, to book every job. And you can start comparing yourself to others and see that the skinnier you are, maybe you fit every gown. Like you, you just try to to be perfect for every job. And of course it's impossible. And you also take it very personally as a teenager if you don't have any kind of grounding. So that's what happened to me. I got anorexia, stopped eating and tried to fit in every dress. And of course I got super sick, started losing hair. And thank God my agent was very protective, met them across cotton and she pulled me aside and said, you have to go to a doctor and you can't continue if you don't fix your health. And that changed a lot of perspectives for me in that. I realized it's just a job. Like it's not, you know, I'd rather hear no from other clients if I don't fit in certain standards. But, you know, I have health is my priority and self-care. Well, that, that's and of a, course, health, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I, I saw a lot, of, a lot of girls would just kind of get seduced by the lifestyle. You know, there's a lot of wrong people around you, like, you know, people who take you to clubs, everything is free because they try to promote their business, like their nightclub business. And they bring all these girls and these girls, they have no friends or, you know, no kind of like outside thing from just being on set. So they would get to this and then there would be drugs. And a year later, your career is over. Your agency fired you and you have to go back to your country or where you came from. And a lot of times in my generation, girls came from nothing. Absolutely. They came from Brazil and Russia and, you know, this 
third world countries where it was the only ticket out of poverty. Of course, now it's a different business. I feel like a lot of kids, you know, from maybe some established actors want to do it just because it looks fun and things like that. And obviously changed a lot. Okay. So you also touched on something very important and that is um, in terms of the modeling business, it's the last thing I'm going to ask you before I move on to the next topic. But, you know, the whole issue of anorexia and getting sick and all of that, it's, it's, and I, and I have seen, even as an outside, you know, onlooker, the changes in mm-hmm. the, in the industry where the industry is starting to embrace, you know, full figures and, 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 you know, people are not, that, that are not built like a stick figure, you know, because that seemed to be the thing, you know, we've, we've heard all these horror stories as, as onlookers where, you know, girls would eat and then they purposely push their fingers down their throat to throw up so they could remain, you know, as skinny as anything for this, you know, and it was completely unhealthy. And, and for what I'm hearing from you, that has changed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think, thank God, uh, it's much more, as I said, a creator's, thing, you know, business. So that's why girls have so much more of a voice. And, you know, there's much more push for diversity, which... I'm so excited to see in the in the fashion business. It's really, you know, it's it's objective. What is beautiful is so objective, and I feel like we were pushed at a certain time, certain standards which were considered like, well, buy this product, be skinnier, you know, do that, and that's why I think I really wanted to transition more to acting at some point because I I felt that pressure to advertise that look, which was okay, get skinnier, get younger get to be perfect, which is never, you know, realistic thing and it doesn't exist at all. Okay. So what what came next? You started out, you came here, you were modeling. Did the acting come next or did the comedian thing come next? Um yeah, well, so my kids came next. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so funny. Life is so full of surprises. I don't think I ever planned it. I, I planned some things because actually my doctors and Marsha said I can't have kids which is hilarious because I have two. Um, so at some point, I was very disappointed that, you know, I wanted to have family of my own, but I also focused on business side. I said, you know, I'm going to figure out how to make the most money. I'll go on the side to business school. I'll figure out marketing. I'll make so much money that I can adopt kids and I don't have to be dependent on, you know, anything or whatever, the process of childbirth. Um, so that was my goal. And of course, the universe has its own way. So... Um, I got pregnant at 21 and I had my kids and my husband turned out to be a, a film producer. Um, and I was really excited, you know, to meet somebody like that because, of course, I love storytelling and I always was fascinated by that. And his dad was a designer, so we had a perfect kind of, you know, unison in that. And he grew up with Katie Forge as well. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I had my kid, my first kid, and moved to L.A. because my husband is based there. He runs a studio now, uh, Miramax. But at that time, she was an independent producer, and I kind of landed in the middle of, you know, show business. And I went to modeling agency in L.A., and they sent me to audition, which happens a lot, to models in L.A., you know, because they think that whatever models can act, which is not true because it's a skill. It's a very different skill. But that happened to me, and somehow naturally it just, you know, it, it was a film about models. It was a film about, like, whatever emotions and like I fit in not specifically because of my acting skills but because it fit in and it was a big film for Chewbacca with um, Rodrigo Prieto who did Wolf of Wall Street and it was starring Elle Fanning it was submitted to Chewbacca so that's 
how I started acting. <laughs> okay. So again, let me, let me, uh, pick up my information sheet here. And, um, you appeared in films like Bad Moms, Isn't It Romantic, mm-hmm. Dirty Grandpa, The Fury. So what, how many films do you, have you appeared in? I appeared in a lot of films, but some films have been cut out or fired. So, um, you know, like the resume on IMDb, you have to double check and definitely see, you know, the scenes themselves. Um, I'm really proud of my work with Guy Ritchie. We've done two films and just finished shooting another one. Uh, but yeah, I, I've done a lot of films. But it took me a while. I think I was really fortunate because of my husband and meeting all these amazing directors and producers and, you know, being offered a, a lot of roles, but I couldn't stand up to their expectations. And that's why I had to go actually to acting schools and learn the craft and learn what is the difference between modeling and acting. And I would advise you to anybody, like, it's all about your craft at the end of the day and your skill. So were there any so, yeah. of the movies like 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 mainstream? I mean, tell me about some of the big films you've done. Um, well, The Gentleman is out in Netflix. Um, so that's the Guy Ritchie film. Spy City, AMC. You know, I did New Girl TV show. It's obviously streaming. Um, I think it's on Netflix now. Um, I did something with Lisa Kudrow, which called The Comeback. Um, so I, I've done quite a lot of things, you know, and then I have a, a major role starring role in the film with Eric Roberts, who, you know, won an Oscar, amazing actor, does a lot of things. So that's coming out. And um, I am in the process of shooting a film with Bruce Willis, which is an action film. So, you know, you're shooting with Bruce Willis. I I have a film with him. I don't have a scene with him, but I do have a film where he stars. Okay. Okay. So, well, I'm, I'm, even though Bruce, even though Bruce Willis is, uh, uh, amazing actor, even though I know he's in his latter years now. Uh, what I mm-hmm. want to focus on for this part of the conversation is because, and I'm focusing on this because I had the privilege of um, having Mukesh Moody on my um, on my on my podcast a, a week ago, and mm-hmm. I saw you act. In the elevator mm-hmm. with Eric Roberts. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw sure, the trailer yeah, yeah. and I and I and I had to say, you know, it was a great trailer. I mean, I I I, I dabble. I'm a photographer. I'm also a videographer. I'm, you know, a man of many trades. And I looked at the video work. I examined it from that. It was great. But then I paid attention to your acting, and I guess you know, acting school paid off because you were quite good. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it takes me time. Like, honestly, I was fired from some sets for silly things, like not knowing how to be a bartender in real life. So I think, you know, I, I take it with a grain of salt where I have to learn how to do it. And I'm really excited. You know, it's it's a, it's a fun thing. You really discover a lot about psychology and, you know, other people as well. So it's very, it's all about compassion and humanity and learning about storytelling and what is another person's journey and not you know just yourself so for me it's, it's all about psychology really and being compassionate so it definitely um is it, very exciting especially in times like this you know after all of us coming out from pandemic and you know just kind of re- re- relearning the social skills and you know having all this ptsd and like coming back to life it, it is you know compassion is a big word for me for sure well yes but I, and, and i and and I guess that fits because again I saw I saw the trailer for the elevator um, 
I when I spoke to Mukesh, I uh, you know he gave me uh, some insight into what the movie was like. But it just it just happened that today was the day I saw the trailer, and you know mm-hmm. it was really Eric Roberts. Yes, he's a great actor, and it was just really engaging. As like I looked at the trailer mm-hmm. and when it was over, I'm like, darn, I need more. <laughs> you know, he's so great. You know, just such a great person, and I learned so much. I think that's the difference between acting and modeling for me. Is like modeling is all about you, and it's kind of it can become very narcissistic because everybody's paying attention to you. You're at the center of everything. But in acting, it's all about teamwork, collaboration, and like learning from artists who've done it and who had experience for longer times and like how they get prepared, like what skills they bring, like what is their method to, you know, to, to their work and like creativity. So it, it is always very inspiring to watch. And obviously our director, Jack Cook, you know, he was amazing. His mentor was the director of Graduate, Mike Nichols, who is an incredible director, was an incredible director. So he has some skills. And I think it's a collaboration. I think really film is a director's medium, as they say, you know, theater is an actor's medium and then television is a writer's medium. So in that respect, you know, it's all about like the director and editor. And then you just play a part in this collaboration. Yeah, they will. Well, I can I can say that I'm 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 eager to see the elevator. I'm eager to see uh you know the entire movie and 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 to see your role and and the uh, and Eric Roberts throughout the movie because I think it, you know it reminds me a bit of it's not the same story when I spoke to Mukesh um I was kind of likening what he was telling me to the movie with um is that Ethan Hawke a phone booth? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of the in the sense that you know, the the sniper kept Ethan in the phone booth so that he could reflect on his life, and in 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 without giving a lot away in the trailer for the elevator, you know, Eric Roberts sort of finds himself in the same sort of reflection. In the, you know, even though not under the scope of a rifle. I think it's all about family, you know, and I think we all kind of had our values change in like 2020, right? Because suddenly we realized we don't need to be at work 24/7. We can stay home and spend quality time with kids, uh, which is rhetorically, I'm not home now, but I really miss them. Um, but yeah, I think it's all about family and values and what is important in life at the end of the day. And I think it's a really hard one movie. And yeah, I, I, I wish I, I would like to have all employers go see it because you know, a lot <laughs> of, a lot of them, and even in my, you know, in, in my nine to five are kind of pushing us and forcing us back into the office when it's, in terms sure. of uh, process and workflow, it's not necessary, but there are other political things and business things that, you know, uh, unfortunately supersede the, the quality of life of the actual staff, you know, so, yeah, you know, totally. we, we're sort I, of I, pawns I, in the game. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I think a lot of people changed, you know, and reflected. It was a great year of reflection coming back at it is, is interesting and exciting. Yeah. So now let's 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 talk about the. I don't know which one first. I have last two things I want to talk about. I'm gonna leave mm-hmm. the comedian thing for last. So let's talk about Model Mom TV. Yeah. So you know, I became a mom really unexpectedly, and I wasn't married at the time. You know, I was still. I came back to work three months after I had a contract with L'Oreal. I had a lot of contracts. I had to get back in shape. You know, be like an Olympic athlete get back and you know I was very excited I was showing my clients pictures of like my 
you know, three months old baby. And for some reason, they're like, well, I'm not sure if I want to hire you because like, what are you going to do? Like, can we trust you that you're going to show up on set? Because now suddenly my priorities are different, right? And I'm such a professional person just because I've worked since I was a child. So I was like, wow, this is shocking. And then being a mom and like being on the playground, you know, a lot of times I would have to like run out and be professional at work. And for models, it requires like, okay, looking specific way, they need to see a body. So maybe to me a skirt and whatever. And the moms were like, what is this? This is not okay for like being a mom and looking like you. So I really felt like a fish out of water, you know, and I didn't have a lot of friends who I can talk to about it because a lot of my model friends, they obviously had networks, like they wanted to go out at night and like have dinners with clients and talk about things, you know, and I couldn't do that because of my three month old baby. And then the moms, obviously, they were so focused on the mom world. It was all about that and there was nothing else. So, you know, I decided to start this platform like a blog and I called it Model Mom TV. And I feel like as a parent, you are a model. You don't specifically are a fashion model, but kids learn because they watch your behavior uh, and they learn from that more than your words or whatever else. And that's why I started interviewing amazing people who are just very passionate about their career or, you know, anything else and also being a parent. And that, that grew really fast, you know, and it created, it, it was all about community, finding this community of, of people who can like communicate and share their stories and vulnerabilities and like, you know, setbacks, but also like how they achieve success and inspiring others. And, and, you know, just gave me so much. Uh, we tried to do a reality TV show with, you know, a few channels with Fisher to Bravo and E!, but I felt it was a little bit more negative, like, you know, and I really don't want to bring it to life. So we're kind of working on making it hot scripted at this point, working with a few writers. And I think something bigger will come out. But the blog itself, you know, I'm really excited to interview this amazing parents and moms and dads as well. You know, it's not limited to like only moms, actually. But, um, you know, and see how they cope with things that that are obstacles on their journey and also inspiration. Yeah, that, that's very important. And very, you know, as I was listening to what you were saying again, it's, um, you know, having to, having a, a, an employer, you know, be focused and well, you know, you have a child that's three months old and, you know, what if, and what if, and what if, you know, they automatically question your professionality because, or your professionalism, because, you had a child, which is, you know, in, yeah. in, in the rest of society, that's, that's just a normal thing. I mean, mothers who have nine to five jobs have a child and three months later, they're back at work. Yeah. Yeah. This job is very different because, you know, it's all about like your, your businesses yourself, you know, it, it involves a lot of discipline and, you know, time, like it's very unpredictable. So definitely, you know, there's a lot of obstacles that you inquire, like you acquire <laughs> along the way. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. Those are all good things that will, I think, will help. And hopefully, you know, for up and coming models who, you know, are, are doing this you know, now and, and find themselves at some point still, still good enough and worthy enough to be in the, you know, what the industry looks, looks for in a model. But, you know, if they want to take a break and have a child, it should be okay. So to have that support system is really great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Very grateful for that, you know. And then, 
I know that I'm trying to, I'm looking at the clock because I know that you're going, and I'm going to tell my audience again, you're going on live in Vegas, and we're going to sort of wrap this up with going on, talking about, a little bit about the comedian. So how did you become a comedian? And tell me about that. Um, so, you know, when I first got to be acting in a lot of films, I would read roles and I would be really inspired by, you know, storytelling and archetypes. But I found myself playing very kind of, stereotypical box roles of like Russian male order bride and Russian gold digger, which I am not at all. But, you know, it, it, it's fine, like, to start with, you know, like, it's fine to get your foot in the door. But then I really wanted to do something more and be more authentic. And I was doing this film with John Turturro, Sharon Stone in New York, and, you know, just realized that maybe I can do stand up. Like, maybe I don't need to find, like, a play and fit into anybody's box but I can actually write and, you know, communicate to people directly. And for me, it's definitely not about like, oh, just getting a laugh. For me, it's more about educating people, bringing awareness. And the laugh is, is the quickest way to the heart, honestly. You know, so that's, that's kind of like a, a little weapon, <laughs> but it's not about like my ego and like stroking my ego and getting laughs, you know, it's, it, it's much more than that. So I've been very lucky, you know, I've performed at the Comedy Store Laugh Factory and, throughout pandemic online and we're just coming back doing these two big shows in Vegas um, with really amazing comedians like, um, you know, uh, Jeremy Piven from Entourage, who is headlining and Daryl Hammond from SNL, uh, John DiDomenico, who is the number one impersonator of Trump after Alec Baldwin uh, and, and a few other, you know, comedians who are pretty amazing. Jimmy Shin, who's got his special on Netflix. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a fantastic collaborative jo- journey. So, you know, what, what I, I, you know, I've heard, from, I had a few other comedians on the show. Some of them, um, you know, have actually been on uh, Tonight Show uh, way back with Johnny mm-hmm. Carson and Jay Leno. And, uh, I think his name was Jamie Amante. I'm not sure if you heard of him. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. yeah so, course. Um, what made you think, or when did you realize that you were funny? I, I still don't think I'm funny. <laughs> I, I think life I think life is funny. I think that's what's funny. Like there's so many situations, and it's all comedy is based. Like I learned how to write comedy. My first um, you know coach kind of writing partner was Jerry Corley, who co-wrote for Jay Leno, and he taught me a lot. Like I took actual classes and learned the mathematics of comedy, like what is incongruity and why people like do what they do there's a lot of psychology which is fascinating why people laugh and like all this small detail it's almost like being a musician you know and plus on top of that you just add your voice and you kind of share little observations about life and strategy plus timing which is comedy right so it it just naturally comes you know comes together but i wouldn't say like oh i'm that character you know if you meet me i'm very shy very quiet unless you know, I'm on stage. So, um, so it's, it's definitely observational comedy and, and you can share so much more. You can educate people about world, you know, you can bring out some issues that are hard to talk about and you can do it through comedy. And that's why people relate to it because it's truth. And that's, that's the only thing for me that's funny. You know, it's like looking back in the mirror and saying like, okay, I've been truthful today. And I added this little element, like why people laugh and I maybe trick them a tiny bit, but, but you know, people at the end will walk out and think about real issues in the world. 
Well, you know, I have to tell you, for someone who says that they're shy, for you to go out in Vegas in front of a, on the stage in front of that many people, you know, I'm, I'm, I am, when I first started my podcast, you know, it started off kind of rocky because I, you know, it didn't flow that, you know, it wasn't that natural because I was new at it. And now I'm, you know, very comfortable behind the mic. Um, but I yeah. can't say that I would be the same doing this podcast on the stage with I don't know hundreds of people or whatever. That might take some getting used to as well. Um, yeah, I, I know you have to go soon because you are pairing, and you know, and and, and oh, yeah. that's so exciting. But so I'm going to ask you to choose any one of your 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 career paths or whatever, and just leave uh, uh, us with some words of motivation. Leave my audience with some words of motivation. You know, I don't believe in labels at all. And a lot of times people would ask me, like, what is your preference to be a comedian or an actor? How can it box you? And that's what I don't like, you know, I like, honestly, for me, when I start a conversation with somebody, like, I don't want to find out where they're from or what do they do for the living, because I don't want to place them in a certain way. You know, what I want to find out is who you are as a person, what are your values? And for me, that's what is very important is kindness and grace and magic and adventure so those those are the things that i want to spread in the world and it doesn't matter what you know what you do it doesn't matter you can be a cleaning janitor and if you inspire people and change their lives that's what matters those are great 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 uh words and, and of motivation and that's what real talk is about so I want to say a very special thank you for you uh, for being a part of the 247 Real Talk podcast. It was a pleasure having you. And, thank um, you so much. I want to wish you lots of laughs in your upcoming show in a few <laughs> minutes. And um, I know you're still in the movies and all of that, so you're very, very welcome to come back again and you know ha have more conversations about your, your projects and your roles. We'd love to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you to all the audience who tuned in and thank you for the real talk. I think we need more of this in this polarizing world. I think we all are here to connect and support each other and, you know, stay in empathy. So, empathy. So, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Have a good night. I want to say a very special thank you to my most gracious guest, Eugenia Kuzmina, for taking time out of her busy schedule right before her show in Vegas to come join us here on 247 Real Talk. It was an absolute pleasure. I also want to, as always, thank my audience for your continued support, reminding you that you can listen to this episode coming out on Friday at 1 a.m. or every episode of the 247 Real Talk podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to leave me a message, if you'd like to be a guest in the show, or if you have any comments for our guests, you can email me at podcast at 247realtalk.net. That's podcast at 247realtalk.net. It has been an absolute pleasure. Until the next time, be good to yourself and each other. <laughs>